You ever done anything like this before? Only minimum security. Thanks. The driveway is a few hundred yards up on the right. The only thing that ever bothers me is their gibberish. When they start raving on and on. You haven't anything to worry about. He hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. Are there any special instructions? Just try to understand what we're dealing with here. Don't underestimate it. Don't you think we could refer to it as him? If you say so. Can I have an extra piece of candy for my stupid brother? He couldn't come with us because he's sitting in a pumpkin patch, waiting for the great pumpkin. It's so embarrassing to have to ask for something extra for that blockhead Linus. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. candy bar. Boy, I got three cookies. Hey, I got a package of gum. I got a rock. Trick or treat. I got a popcorn ball. I got a fudge bar. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. And you might win a trip to uh, go see Dancing with the Stars with Tony the Engineer. What a prize. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. In three, two, one. Last night in the ballroom, it was Halloween night. Now, they called it Horror Night because they were paying homage to different kinds of horror movies, but it's still Halloween night to me. Had all the fog that we're used to seeing and the great costumes. The Miz and JoJo, I think, took the cake for scary, creepy, authentic costumes. Um, but there was only one pair of vampire fangs last night, so they need to work on that. I always like to see a lot of vampire fangs. But understated a little bit, I think, because of the COVID. Uh, I won't time. count this time against you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> but uh, I always People like vampire fangs. That's what your 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 opinion is. Yeah, on Halloween night. That's my That's just one of, opinion. One of your things is you love to see vampire fangs. Howdy ho, everyone. This is the Ballroom Blitz. I am Tony the Engineer. Welcome back. Well, we're just rolling right along here with this Dancing with the Stars season. We're already up to episode eight of the Ballroom Blitz, and we'll be covering week seven of Dancing with the Stars, season 31. And that occurred on Monday night, October 31st. Halloween night, and that's when, of course, they have their Halloween special right around Halloween time, and it just happened to fall on the same night as uh, the holiday. 
Now, by the time you guys get this, Halloween's going to be long gone, but a happy belated Halloween, Halloween to you all. It's always my favorite holiday, and I love going to the show. But before we get into that, if it happened or not, uh, let me give you a quick update on my health. Still have a little sinus congestion here. You might be able to hear it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to be doing some throat clearing again probably tonight. Good God, we're in week six of this sinus thing. It's unbelievable. I don't know what's going on there. But I'm COVID negative, and that was the big thing. Um, last week, I tested uh, negative on, uh, let's see, Friday and Sunday. And Sunday was the big day because that's the second test, you know, within a 48-hour period, I think is what they call for. And if I cleared that, I was going to see if we could go to the show. And I say we because uh, I was scheduled to meet last year's contest winner, uh, of the Ballroom Blitz podcast. Shout out to Renee. And I checked with her beforehand and said, hey, do you still want to go if we can get tickets? And I test negative in time. And she said, you bet. And uh, she actually got the tickets for us. Uh, I was a little slow in the uh, on the trigger because of my sickness, I think, last week. So we got tickets and we were able to go and just an absolute blast as always. You know, I always love going out to the show, even though been doing it forever. I think, let's see, this was 27 for me, I guess. And it's so much fun to share the show with someone who's never been and likes the show and has always wanted to go to the show. And that was Renee. And she had a good time, just like all of our guests have. Um, I guess I didn't even mention uh, Eva went a couple weeks ago. Uh, she won the Hang Zone contest. But uh, always a blast to go out. And it's a privilege still for me at this late stage of the show's history. Season 32 is supposed to happen next fall, and especially if they open up uh, the third floor, which they haven't been doing this year, we should be able to get tickets a little easier just because they'll double the number of tickets available to the, uh, the regular folks, I guess. So good time had by all. Get up, uh, sign into the, get into that contest that we have going, and we'll talk about that later in the show today. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Halloween show. Now, uh, I just watched it on TV before I did this. And man, they make it look so great. Not that it doesn't look great in person, but it's different. You know, you have different angles, the lights, lighting you can't see. Uh, we're rarely in front of the stage or more to the side, so it's hard to see sometimes. I had a little bit of an occluded view, too, because of a beam that was in there, uh, the studio. But it looked really good on TV. Um, I will say that they kind of cut back a little bit this year, I think. I don't know if it's budgetary reasons or because there's no commercials. On the set design is what I was going to say. They cut back on the set design. Um, <clears throat> we've heard that they don't have as much money as ABC did. And of course, now with the commercials not being there, they have half the time to get stuff set up and removed. They still did some though, and it was a lot of fun to see them do that. They're hustling around, you know, in less than two minutes to get all that stuff set up and then tore down and set up for the next person. But uh, the show itself, it started off uh, kind of funny, if you like like the judges. The four of them uh, were in the opening bit, and it was kind of a funny thing. Um, there was no opening number by the pros. Sometimes they'll do that in, in Halloween, and of course, they've had big, elaborate production numbers before at the very beginning of the show. But again, I think because of the way things are these days, they're cutting back where they can. Uh, the judges were all in costume, which I always love. Len actually... Just wore all black, but he did wear a red cape, so that was good. He got into it a little bit. Uh, I was a little surprised, though. Well, I guess not surprised. Alfonso did not have anything on as far as costume goes. And 
he's kind of always been a little, I guess, hesitant to buy into some of the stuff on the show, like the catwalk thing. He's been a little bit nervous about, he said, and so forth. But I don't know if he gets to decide, hey, I don't want to dress up or, you know, if the show says, okay, whatever, if you don't want to, you don't have to. But I thought that was kind of weird. He stood out among all of them as not being dressed up. And they did let the audience dress up for the first time ever. They never used to allow that at Halloween. Um, I kind of got my fill of dressing up for shows when I went to Let's Make a Deal. Some of you may know that story from back in the day. Uh, the first time I had to get tickets to Dancing with the Stars, I had to go to Let's Make a Deal in costume for 10 hours, and it was such a beating that I wasn't going to put myself through that again. But who knows? Maybe next year, if I can make it back to a Halloween show, I might give it one last hurrah and dress up for the show now that they allow that. Um, this is kind of that time of the season I've always called the dog days. You know, uh, the season's pretty far along. Uh, everybody's kind of got nagging injuries. They're probably a little tired of the process and not seeing their families and not being able to work the way they usually do. Uh, injuries are mounting up. Wayne Brady said he had an injury, but he was going to just play through it. <laughs> and it reminds me, like I said, the dog days of baseball. But uh, on top of that, just being, you, you look up, you know, and you still got three weeks to go and, and a month before uh, the Halloween show. But um, uh, the, the thing that is also hard about it is at this point of the competition, they make it really tough on you. They almost always make you learn two dances now. And this week, of course, they had the regular Halloween dance, and then they had to, to learn a team dance, which was another <laughs> just another dance you got to learn. So it's really tough this time of year. Uh, one other side note, uh, we were very fortunate. Um, after the show, we went over to eat at the Grove, which is the place next to CBS Television uh, City where they, they uh, do the show. And uh, we got to sit right next to Louis Van Amstel at the restaurant we were at. And uh, we didn't bug him until we were getting ready to leave and they were done eating and everything. But we asked if we could take a picture with him. And he was so gracious and very, very nice to us. And uh, for those of you that know the show, uh, Louis is an old school pioneer of the craft. He was in season one back in the summer of 2005. And he had that cool slick back hair then. Boy, what a cool look that was. And then uh, here he was in season 31. He's been here for the full gamut of the show's run. Hasn't been in that many seasons, of course. Uh, he took big gaps. I think the last time he was on this show before this, I believe, was season 21 with Paula Dean. So nice that he's kept in touch with the show and vice versa. And uh, uh, good to see him and get a picture with him. So that's another one of the side things when you go out and see the show. You never know. We might run into a celebrity or pro uh, next door in the Grove. Okay, well, let's get into the dances of Halloween night. <clears throat> Excuse me for the throat clearing. There'll be a couple of those, I'm sure, throughout the night. Uh, we started off with Jordan and Jordan Sparks and their partner, Brandon, and they did a tango. I'm not going to get into too much detail at all. The <clears throat> Excuse me. Gosh darn it. Here we go. <clears throat> we'll just tell you what the judges had to say about it because we do have the team dances. And plus, I want to do a full show tonight. So we're going to have a top 10 list. So we're going to have to keep moving along here. See how good I do with that. <laughs> uh, they came out uh, and did a tango and they had like clothes that had skeletons on it. You know, bones on the, uh, not really physical bones, but they were woven into the fact, uh, the fabric. And uh, uh, Lynn was right off the top saying, the best dance you've, you've done this year. So uh, he was very happy with it. Um, let's see what anybody else had to say. Uh, Derek Suff, Derek Huff said it's still um, 
lacks some consistency in her dancing. And Carrie Ann said there's still a few slip-ups, and that's to be expected for one of those middle-of-the-pack uh, dancers. Uh, but it was a good score. They gave her four nines for a total of 36. And as I've said many times about Jordan over the season, <clears throat> I've been a little worried about her because she's a good dancer, but there's nothing that that makes her stand out for me. Obviously, a real sweet person, and I hope she does you know well on this show all the rest of the way. But I'm getting concerned. We're getting to that point where it's uh, if you don't stand out, especially from that middle pack, it's easy to go home if you ever land in the bottom two. Okay, up uh, second for the evening was Charlie and Mark, and they did an Argentine tango. And they showed in a little a video clip that Mark had some uh, lower back issues, which he's had off and on throughout the history of the show, really. And Pasha, one of the pros that has been eliminated, came in and basically worked with her all week, I guess. But Mark was there. He just didn't want to push the back issue. And he, so he choreographed everything. And that's a lot easier probably than just you know having a brand new dancer and not having your regular dancer then. Plus, at the end of the week, uh, he got the clearance or he decided to do it. So he did dance with her on Monday night, even though Pasha practiced with her all week. She's so fun to watch. They're so fun to watch. Uh, again, not much negative to say about them. They were all dark uh, in dark clothing. There was the fog out there. Argentine tango is my favorite dance. I just love that little that look that you have on Halloween when it's dark and foggy and and uh, it's a good choreographed dance. Um, Let's see. Uh, she, yeah, she started with uh, being on a bed, and she did a lot of weird acrobatics as she was getting off of it, and that was really cool to see, kind of a precursor to what she was going to show us later in the dance, which in the middle of the dance, she did some kind of bend over backwards, and she was on all fours, but her head was facing down, and you know her, her front part of the body was facing up, and man, it was kind of a creepy look, perfect for Halloween. I thought that was a great touch. Um, for the evening. Uh, Len, Len right off the top said that it transported him, uh, he felt like it transported him to a club in Argentina, which is a very nice compliment. And of course, Tyra didn't get it. And she had to call Len out like, well, what do you mean? You mean like a, a hip hop club or whatever she said? And Len, Len was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was so funny. You know, Len didn't put up much with uh, Tyra's small talk. And of course, no, you know, what Len says is Ar the Argentine tango is from Argentina. And he always says, you transported me back to old Vienna for the waltz or, or Argentina for the tango. So a great compliment. Uh, the only one that really had anything uh, constructed to say like a, a criticism was Carrie Ann. She said, I'm, I want to challenge you more. You're a very good dancer, but she feels like that she still lacks some intensity and in the intimacy for the Argentine tango there. Uh, all the other judges love it. They all gave her uh, tens. Carrie Ann gave her a nine, so uh, she had a total of 39 for the night. I think I mentioned uh, Jordan. Her first, uh, when she was up first, she had 36, four nines. Up third was Daniel and Britt. They did a paso, and Daniel was out for a day because uh, he was sick. And that seems to be going around there. It wasn't COVID. He just was sick. And he missed a day of training. And he also missed a day of the, the team dance training, which, uh, you know, is hard for anybody. But imagine not being able to hear. And I can't imagine doing a team dance when you can't hear. You know, you're just thrown into that. And, man, you got to figure it out. And then he missed a day on top of it. Uh, they, they did a little... Uh, dance to, it was a pasta doble to like players in a video game, like a zombie video game. He loves video games, I guess, or they scare him or something. So they thought they would do that. Uh, Bruno said they only missed one step. Uh, let's see here. 
Len said it lacked a little bit of posture and he wanted some stronger uh, shaping. And Carrie Ann said that it uh, the shaping was broken a little bit and the footwork was a little stompy. So uh, they ended up giving him two eights and two nines for a total of 34 for the night for Daniel. Uh, after that, that dance, they did a little video break, which they've done a few times this season. And I haven't been out to the show when they did it. That's when Derek comes out onto the dance floor and he explains a dance and some of the steps in the dance while two of the pros are dancing in the background. I absolutely love it because Derek's good at that, number one, you know, explaining things in the dance world. And then you get to see the pros make the moves that he's talking about. How I would have loved something like this real early on in the show's history because, you know, Len would say something like, you know, you know, sharp, clean, Botafogos and Voltas. And I'm like, what's he talking about? You know, it's a you know dance move that I don't know anything about. Well, we're learning a little bit now from Derek. So he came out and did it. <clears throat> and a little pulling back the curtain, for those of you that watch on TV, uh, that was not done live. And I don't think any of his are. Uh, they do it right before the show. And I want to say that thing took like five takes because if you were watching the show, you saw Bruno came out and kind of wrapped his arms around Derek and Derek pushed him away. The first couple of those, Derek pushed him too hard and, and <laughs> Bruno fell into the, the judge's desk and they had to do it over and over. There was a couple other things that happened that, that flubbed up. And poor um, Emma and Alan, who were doing the uh, dances in the back, uh, they were exhausted by the end of the takes, but that was real fun to see. Um, and Derek was explaining the difference between the tango and the Argentine tango. Another thing that I think is fantastic, you know, they had the same name except for that one word. What's the difference? And he explained it and it was so cool. I don't know if he's done one this year for the waltz and the Viennese waltz, but that's another one. You know, one of them is a slow waltz and one of them is a quicker waltz that has more rise and fall. And I'd love to see more of those. They're always kind of funny and, uh, Gives them a little chance to do whatever they need to do there because it is a pre-recorded bit, or at least it was when we were there. <clears throat> okay, up fourth was Shangela and Gleb. They had a jazz routine, which as you've known, if you watch this show, when you have jazz routines and contemporary, it's kind of free-forming, man. You can do what you want pretty much. No specific dance moves you have to do. And they did a song or a dance they were creepy dolls. It was really creepy too. And they did a fantastic job with, uh, with it. Um, the days of the night, according to the judges, they had, they gave him a perfect score of 40. Even Len gave him a 40. And, you know, Shangela just always gets the room going. It was so loud again when they were out there. I've been out there three times this season. And every time Shangela's dances usually bring the house down and they're the loudest of the noises out there of all the celebrities that are dancing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Len said that, uh, Len did some funny stuff again, said to scared the pants off of him and, uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. If you watched last year or last week, uh, Shangela brought some chicken out to him. It's a long story, but if you've been watching the season, you know what that was about. Uh, Derek said it was very scary, great storytelling and always gets the room going. And, uh, Carrie Ann said that was Gleb's best choreography yet. And uh, for those of you that know me, uh, I've been tough on Gleb over the years. You know, he's been there forever. He's never won uh, a mirror ball, never had the greatest dancers ever. So I give him a little bit of break. But uh, that's been the knock on Gleb a little bit is his choreography has not been up to par necessarily in some seasons. I think Gleb's fantastic and I always like him. Uh, but I've heard that going around over the years. And I think I mentioned this early in the season. He seems very vested in Shangela and very happy to be there. 
And I noticed the difference in him right away this season. And now the judges are even noticing it, I guess, as Kerry Ann says, that's his best choreographer yet. So I'm happy for Glenn and Shangela. That was a good dance, perfect 40 for the night. <clears throat> Up fifth was Vinny and Coco. They did a Paso Doble. We all know Vinny's story. He's the uh, fan favorite for sure. Uh, he had a real tough dance last week. They did a zombie dance at a chemical plant <laughs> and uh, had, a, had some people in there, some zombies they were fighting off. Uh, let's see, it was the Paso. Uh, Len said you didn't make any mistakes. And, you know, that's, that's what they need to get out of uh, Vinny. He's not a dancer. And if they can get to the point where he's not making mistakes, that's fantastic. However, at week seven or eight of a season, you need more than that. You need the performance. You need the technique to be great. You need to do the all the things, the different kinds of things that make it a dance rather than just stepping the steps. And Derek said that. He said there needs to be more texture in his movement. Uh, he needs more power and impactfulness in his moves, more resistance, all those things you know that a dancer can do that a regular non-dancer can't. And uh, he's going to struggle, I think, the rest of the way uh, unless some miracle happens because he's just a non-dancer that's, that's learning and learning and learning, but we're running out of time for him. Uh, he reminds me of a guy named Doug Flutie, a football player that was in season 22. I think I've mentioned him before. Doug could learn the steps, but he never got to the performance level. And Vinny's a little better than that, I think, in the performance level. But he still reminds me of Doug in that when you know you put the right foot over here, he stomps it down, and you put the right left arm out. He doesn't lyrically, musicality wise put it out there. He just kind of throws it out there. And so that's going to be a tough thing for him, I think, the rest of the way. But uh, he is the fan favorite. They gave him two sevens and two eights for the night, and that is a total of 30 for the evening. Up sixth was Heidi and Armin, uh, Artem. They did a tango, and uh, they looked really neat. They were kind of, I guess, dressed as alien creatures that were trying to escape some kind of dungeon or something. It looked really good on TV. Uh, we had trouble seeing it out there because they had to kind of go back in a little alcove where they did the elastic band thing. I loved that thing. It was like fluorescent color, and it was the struggle of them when they used it. It was interesting. Uh, uh, Carrie Ann said it was not a very good start to the dance, and Derek loved it. So it's kind of a personal preference, I think. It was kind of a bungee cord, and they were trying to break away from it and so forth. Um, but in general, they like Heidi, especially Len. He's always liked her. They gave her uh, three nines, and Derek gave her a 10. Show much how much he liked to dance. So a total of 37 for the night for Heidi and Artem. Up uh, seventh was Gabby and Alan. And as we mentioned, uh, Val had uh, tested positive for COVID, so Alan had to fill in for him. They did an Argentine tango. And again, there's, there's never too much to say negative about Gabby. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there was a couple things today for a change, though. By the way, they were dressed as kind of vampires, and I always love that because they got the fangs working there. And I don't know, there's something about me and fangs and vampires that uh, is part of the fun of Halloween. Kind of scary, but not scary. I don't know. Uh, but they looked great. Uh, both, uh, let's see, Len and Let's see, Bruno said it was a very fast Argentine tango. And, you know, there is a certain speed that each of these dances are supposed to have. And I guess that's a little faster than the tango, maybe. I'm not even sure. I should know that after all these years. But they actually, Len said it was too hurried and uh, saw a mistake in there because of that, probably. And Derek actually said he saw a little something with the legs also that 
They really couldn't pick out what it was. And I kind of saw it too. And I'm like, what was that there? I think it was a mistake. And for them to say they saw a little something, but they weren't sure what it was, then it might be hard to you know, quantify what it was exactly. But they both called her on it and I had actually seen that too. So Len and Derek gave her nines and uh, Bruno and Carrie Ann gave, it ten, gave them 10. So they had a 38 for the evening. Uh, up next was Wayne and Whitney. They did a contemporary. And again, with the contemporary, it's kind of do your own thing, which is a good thing for, for Wayne, I think, because he's got his own rhythm and his own groove and can do some pretty cool moves out there. And Whitney's a great uh, Halloween choreographer. She's, I think, going to be on my top 10 list here a couple times coming up. Uh, they were cyborgs, and I don't remember exactly if they were telling a story or not, but it was kind of one of those dances that it was just... It, he hit all the moves and they looked like he was really enjoying it. But um, for whatever reason, I, I wasn't crazy about it, given his level of talent. Um, let's see. Len said there was a sameness about it. Maybe that's what I was thinking about it. It all kind of looked the same throughout the dance. There wasn't any nuances or different moves or maybe some storytelling that would, would help a little bit on a night like Halloween. And then Derek also said something about it just needed something a little extra for him to give it a 10. So they gave him three nines and Bruno did give him a 10 for a, a total of 37. Okay, up last in the evening, uh, dances for the evening were Trevor and Emma. They also had a contemporary and boy, what a difference it was compared to Wayne that you just saw earlier. His, his was kind of a very forceful flash, moving in your face type thing. Trevor and Emma did a very lyrical, musicality type dance. It was about, Trevor played a husband who had lost his wife and his wife was played by Emma who came back as a ghost. And she had a fantastic outfit on, looked like a ghost, and but not like Casper the Friendly Ghost, just all in white and, and looked really good. And I gotta tell you, Trevor really impressed me last night. Um, I've been impressed with him all year because of the phobia thing, and I've kind of you know been a kindred spirit. But he's dancing a lot better than I could ever hope to dance, if, even if I had a trainer like Emma, I think. And uh, really knocked that out of the park last night. And he needed to because he's been in the bottom two a couple times. And I don't know how many people are left that the judges would save over him. Uh, I'm sorry that he, that that they would save Trevor over. They'd certainly save him over Vinny, but after that, it might be a crapshoot. So they needed some big numbers and they got him last night. Trevor got tens, three tens, and Len gave him a nine for a total of 39. And it was a really cool, uh, told a story, lyrical, musical dance that, uh, it was sad too. And I think Bruno said, he forgot they were dancing because he was so engrossed in watching them play the scene and the roles that they were playing. And I kind of was the same way. And I'm like, boy, that's, that's doing something when you especially take a judge away from judging the dance. So that was the end for the evening. And then they were going to do the, the team dances. And we're not going to go in deep in those. I just mentioned that the one team was Trevor, Charlie, Wayne, and Daniel. And obviously there was an odd numbers left. So the next team had to have five on it. Vinny, Gabby, Shangela, Jordan, and Heidi. I've never been crazy about that. They've done that in the past where they have opposite uh, or not the same numbers. You know, they could have either uh, done a team dance on a different night when they had even numbers or did a double elimination week before or whatever to make it more even. Because I think that's a little bit of a disadvantage for the group of five, uh, especially when Vinny's in there. And, uh, you know, part of the team dances is synchronicity and doing things the same way as the rest of the group. 
and you just add another couple in there, and that's just one more thing that can go wrong. But I know that's that's a minor thing. This is back to my old competitive days when I wanted to make it as fair as possible for you know teams to have a similar level playing field, let's say. But um, Trevor, Charlie, Wayne, and Daniel were called Team Screen, and the judges liked them the best, uh, the uh, better of the two. They gave them a 39 for the night. And Team Wicked was Vinny, Gabby, Shangela, Jordan, and Heidi. And they gave them a 33. They did comment they had a few mistakes in the in the team, you know, side-by-side things. And that's where I was thinking that extra couple kind of makes that stand out more. But uh, 39 points for Team Scream and 33 for Team uh, Wicked. And that's a huge difference. Those scores were added to their previous scores. So the Team Scream folks, which was Trevor, Charlie, Wayne and Daniel, they all got six extra points because 39 compared to 33. And when you added those numbers into their single dances for the night, uh, it was interesting. All five of the low people on the judges' scorecard were on Team Wicked. So that just shows you how important that was, probably for Trevor, for sure. Because with that 39 plus the 39 in his contemporary, he tied for first for the whole evening with Charlie. And I'm sure he would have never thought at the beginning of the season he would ever tie first for any night. But uh, since he's been in the bottom two, I think that was a big, big helpful thing for him. So he wasn't going to be in the bottom two uh, uh, Halloween night. So they add them all up. And the, the bottom two on the judges' scorecard were Jordan and Vinny. Jordan had 69. Vinny had 63. So quite a big difference there. <clears throat> and I might as well hit my recording now that I've said every time Vinny's been in the bottom two. Let me hit it. Of course, when they add in the fan vote, Vinny jumps out of the bottom two. End recording. <laughs> and I may play that again next week. Who knows? But sure enough, and that's a big gap to overcome. So Vinny is just killing it, as we say every week in the fan vote. And uh, Jordan stayed in, and then Heidi fell down into the bottom two when Vinny jumped out. And Heidi's been in the bottom two, I think, at least a couple times. So it was Heidi and Jordan in the bottom two. This is when it gets tougher and tougher, the middle of the pack people going against each other now. So it's up to the judges. Uh, Carrie Ann picked Heidi. Uh, Derek picked Jordan. And Bruno picked Jordan. Now, it didn't really matter what Bruno picked because once Heidi and, or once Carrie Ann and Derek picked different people, you knew Len was going to be the deciding vote. And I knew when Heidi got in the bottom two, I knew it was going to be probably bad news for Jordan. And sure enough, Len loves Heidi and he voted to save Heidi. And that means Jordan goes home for the evening. So Jordan Sparks does go home finally. Uh, man, Heidi's got a big, a big fan in Len. And as long as he's got the tiebreaker vote, man, that could serve her well for the next two weeks also. But uh, she obviously is not getting the fan support like uh, her daughter, I'm guessing, because she's what, what, got a tenth of the followers or something. But still, I thought maybe uh, Charlie would throw some of her support her mom's way and say, hey, vote for my mom. She needs the help. But uh, Heidi survives again because of Len, and like I said, uh, Jordan Sparks goes home. Okay, let's do a quick little ticket thing here. Um, just going to give you one old, uh, it wasn't even that old, it was just, this was before COVID, in fact. And I'm on with the guys, and actually it was on Halloween day, must have had a remote that day, and they're just talking to me, I, they, oh, Vanilla Ice's birthday is what it was, and then they're going to talk about that, and then they mentioned, I'm happy to mention my letter, if you haven't uh, heard about that, I wrote a letter to ABC after the debacle of season 26 and 27, and then they got a kick out of that, and then they asked what I was wearing for Halloween night. So let's just listen to a little of that. Subway info. I don't want, yeah, I don't want you to hand over that letter till we get our Subway spreadsheet. <laughs> 
I got to Tony. find that too. Also, I, I can't find. You got it a right big now. night ahead of you. Tony, you <laughs> going through your doc. Wow, I thought I had all this perfectly laid out for you, and they're talking subway spreadsheet. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to be in this clip. That's another thing. If we haven't talked about it, I did a subway spreadsheet one year, and they got a big kick out of that. But I'm very sorry. Let me go back and get this where this is supposed to be. I'm no longer a rookie, but I still make rookie mistakes. Okay. All right, let's see. I think this is it. Stone, I believe. I think the Musers had him on, or maybe his brother, Donnie Van Winkle. He's on, like, HGTV now. We never had Vanilla Ice? How would you like to yeah, meet Vanilla Ice? Oh, y'all did. Okay. In the Indianapolis Super Bowl. Season 23. Like the same day. <laughs> like the same day as Adam Sandler was on our show. He was almost put off by the fact that he had to mention season 23. 10th <laughs> place? Came tenth so place. easy to you. Boy, there's oh. a crack in the armor there, huh? <laughs> right, yeah. Jesus, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Tony doesn't know what place Robbie Van Winkle finished? I think it was 10th. 11th was Babyface Edmund, so I think he was before him. Do we still have a season going on now? Oh, yeah. Going Monday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tony? How many are we down uh, to? For friend there and the chipper there. uh, I believe there's seven left. You may have missed what I said. I said, let's go on to something that has some importance. And you know the number one thing I put in my letter to the president of ABC? You may have missed what I said. Hold on, coach. All right. You got our attention. He's raising his voice. Go on. The number one thing I said to do... Tony, wait. Can you produce this letter? So you wrote a letter to ABC What's trying to help them improve Tony, Dancing with the Stars? Who's the president Can of ABC? Can you produce this letter? I, I think I still have it somewhere. Yeah. We need this uh, letter. Mouse, I believe. <laughs> I'll pay you more than Corby will for exciting. it. Oh, yes, it is. Why did you write I'll pay you more. Don't give it to Corby. To... Well, they had a turnover in uh, like producer-director thing, of so course. I thought I got to yeah, go I above that. I knew that. Dan didn't. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, you know, last year was a tough year for them, ratings-wise. It really was. And we needed to do some things to right the ship. We? Right, right. Well, the show. (laughs) Who's the president you you addressed, Tony? Uh, This is like me writing Lincoln Riley. (laughs) Or computer writing Roger Goodell. (laughs) Anyways, um, yeah, I had a list of things that I thought they needed to do, and they didn't really follow through on many of them. (laughs) What a shocker. One of the biggest ones they actually doubled down on, so I think they're still in trouble. All right, Tony. So you, you, you wrote you engineering us tomorrow. You wrote Carrie Burke. Yes. <laughs> tomorrow, five well, thirty. I'm at TMS. Chris will be there too, so who knows? Tomorrow, five thirty. I'll pay you more for it. We read the letter on the air. <laughs> all right. I don't know if I can find it. Where's, Where's, what do you, what think do you about mean? Where is it? You don't, we'll take the subway info. I don't want you. Yeah, I don't want you to hand over that letter till we get our subway spreadsheet. <laughs> I got to find that too. Also, I, I can't find. You got right a big now. night ahead of you. <laughs> Going through your documents. Night of the museum. <laughs> no, it's just. What do you think of night, the vote stopping? Oh, oh, what are we gonna be? Well, I'm a vampire every year. <laughs> every year. Duh. Everybody knows my standards. <laughs> 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 Why would you even ask that, Bob? <laughs> okay, well, that's just a little take it fun. I always try to want to get that in for you guys that are mainly, most of my listeners are probably ticket listeners if anybody still listens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, guys having a little fun with me there. Okay, well, let's do a top ten list, get back to some Dancing with the Stars stuff. Uh, I thought, perfect night, what can I do for top ten? How about top ten da- Halloween dances of all time? 
Duh. That sounds like a reasonable thing, don't you think? Um, obviously, I'm not going to include any that I just saw. Um, I don't even know if I need to make the list anyways. I'd have to think about it a little bit. I don't think so because this is top 10 all time for me. Now, one thing about the Halloween dances is in the early the seasons of the show, you know, just in general, the early seasons of the show, the production value was very low. It was usually just two people out there dancing. And I went back and looked at like season three, and I think it was Halloween night, and Emmett and Cheryl were dancing to the song Superstition, you know, by by uh, Stevie Wonder. And I'm like, isn't that Super Stevie Wonder? I think it is, yeah. Uh, I'm like, that was the Halloween night. They weren't in any costume, but I guess Superstition was kind of a Halloween-y, creepy song. I don't know. But so the early years... I don't have anything on my list because there were there just wasn't much done. Um, the, the first year I remember them going all out for Halloween was season thirteen, and um, I actually have one one dance from that season because uh, I had to give it some love because I always like to go back and look at the history. But since it was pretty much two people dancing and not a lot of set design and and so forth, uh, no early dances here. The Halloween just kind of went crazy here in the second half of the uh, series history. Okay, um, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, this is a very personal list, like all mine are. Um, you know, I want I want to be a little whatever creeped out or scared by the dance. You know, it's Halloween, and that's the one night I let it slide a little bit when it comes to the technique. Now, the judges aren't supposed to allow that, but you know, if you tell a story or you got something going on, sometimes this, the the technique may have to suffer to tell the story. So I let that slide a little bit. But when the story they're telling me, I want it to be dark. I want there to be fog. <laughs> I want there to be wearing dark clothes. I want some vampire fangs or wolf, wolfman fangs or something. I want Halloween stuff to kind of, you know, scare me or put me in the mood. I don't want some kind of brightly lit dance that, I don't know, is Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory or something that looks like a Disney movie. That, you can do all that stuff on Disney night. This is supposed to be kind of creepy and scary. So there have been a lot of good dances that were really good, but they didn't scare me at all or didn't make me feel weird or creepy at all. And that's what I want Halloween to do. So uh, don't be mad if, you know, some of your dances don't make the list as always. <laughs> um, anything else? Oh yeah, I did my list and then I looked at it again afterwards and I'm like, it was unbelievable to be unbelievable to me that five of my 10 dances were Viennese waltzes. Not some dance that I usually care a whole lot about. I mean, I like it. It's fine, but it wouldn't be high up on my list of favorite dances. And I'm like, what's going on here? Well, all of these pretty much had the same kind of thing. They were very, um, I don't know, theatrical. They they told a story. Um, the dances were very elegant, and the musicality was in, is, was just incredible. And they some of these Viennese Waltz did it in different you know levels. But I had five of them of the 10 dances, and that shocked me when I went back and looked at it. So, so okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, the top 10 list, my top 10 list of Halloween dances forever. Remember, these are my opinions, and my opinions only. It's not going to be the same. Whoa. There it is. The old opinion alert. Got us again because, yeah, these are my opinions. So, uh, as always, don't bang the steering wheel or whatever else if you don't agree with them. In fact... Most people that know the show and know Halloween dances are going to be very angry with me because I'm leaving one off that from what I've seen and heard from other lists and other people's comments on Halloween dances, it's always 
either number one or a top three dance on everybody's list, and it didn't make my top 10. So I'm just gonna give it an honorable mention because I recognize the greatness of it. For whatever reason, it didn't resonate with me. That is uh, Milo Mannheim and Whitney's uh, contemporary in season 27. Uh, Milo's great. You know, if you listened to me last year, I think I had him in my male top 10 list. If not, he's right there. And he was a young kid, 17-year-old, amazing what he could do at his young age. And I get the greatness of the dance. It's just didn't resonate with me for whatever reason. But I'm going to give it an honorable mention because I know some people say, how could you leave Milo and Whitney off? Well, <laughs> it'd be like uh, uh, anything, you know, like music, you know. I, I might understand that, let's say, the Beatles are great, but if I didn't like their music, you know, I wouldn't rank them great. Now, I do. That's, I was just an example. But I know some people that don't care for the Beatles. And I'm like, how could that be? But uh, that's, that's how we all have our own opinions. Okay, let's go. I got an audio on a few of these clips, but I'm going to run through the top, top five, I guess. Or no, the bottom five kind of quickly here because I'm going to run late tonight, I think. Uh, number 10, let's go back to season 19. And here's one of the Viennese waltzes. It's Janelle Parrish and her partner Val. I liked anything these guys did. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if I did a chemistry, top 10 couple chemistry last year. If not, we're going to get one. And if I didn't, Janelle and Val are going to be on it. They just you know, they were, they were kind of an item. <laughs> uh, at least that's what they wanted us to believe. And good looking people and just everything about them I liked. And then this had the dark mood and there was some fog and some crazy lighting in it. And it was a little storytelling thing. And uh, Janelle, boy, uh, this is the male coming out in me. She was so hot in that outfit that... <laughs> It's hard not for me to put her in here, but uh, but I love the storytelling of it and everything. Um, wasn't the greatest technique, maybe. In fact, I think the judges even said they kind of lost the technique in telling the story. But I let that slide a little bit only on uh, Halloween night. So, uh, but it still was going to be my favorite, even if it wasn't that good of a you know choreographed thing. So Janelle and Val, my number ten uh, top. Uh, Halloween dances of all time. Number nine, this is going back to season 13. Like I said, this is Ricky Lake and her partner, Derek. And this was one of the first ones, I think, that I remember anyways, that had a little bit of a bigger production value. They had fake trees, and I don't one of them was uh, pretty sturdy because Derek was actually uh, uh, camped out in the tree before he jumped down to scare. They played Little Red Riding Hood, Werewolf, Little Red Riding Hood. And to me, this was just one of the first big production numbers of Halloween that I remember. Uh, they had flashing pumpkins in it, which were really cool, and everything was dark. Derek was dressed incredibly as a werewolf. And to me, it was just kind of like one of the first of a breed of something. So it's gonna, I'm going to recognize that forever probably. Kind of like Drew and uh, Cheryl's freestyle dance. If you go back and look at that from season two, I, I, it doesn't hold up real well, I don't think, in terms of uh, dance um, technique, <laughs> but the the performance value of it was so off the charts, and it was like the first of its kind that someone stepped out like they did for a freestyle, and it changed the game. So it's always going to be a top 10 uh, free, freestyle of mine, um, even if it maybe shouldn't be in there because of the technique. And I guess you could probably say that about Ricky and Derek. So although Ricky was a good dancer, they Derek got our, her all the way to third place in that season. But uh, that's my number nine dance there, Apostle, from season 13. Uh, number eight, going back to season 21, this is Alex Scarlatos and his partner, Lindsay. For those of you that don't remember Alec, he was one of those three Americans on a 
train somewhere in Europe, maybe France, and they disabled a terrorist that had a knife. And so he was kind of an American hero, and that's how he got on the show. Um, Alec ended up finishing third in season 21. He probably wasn't that good of a dancer. He was good, but there were people below him that were better, like Carlos and Alexa Penavega and Tamar Braxton and so forth. But um, I loved his Halloween dance with Lindsay, and it was a Viennese waltz again. And this was the typical one I think of when I think of Halloween. Very dark in the ballroom, lots of fog, actually too much fog. Season 21, for those of you who remember, they had too much fog that season, even for me. You couldn't see their feet, so it was hard to judge what they were doing with their feet because there was so much fog. But there was this haunting music. The thing that I remembered about this so much was that um, at the very beginning, Alec is kind of just posing in the fog and looking down at the ground. And you see from the camera angle, you can see behind him. And out of nowhere, out of the darkness and the fog comes Lindsay. And she happens to be moving right towards him, but you don't see her legs moving. And her whole body isn't moving. It's like a statue coming at him. One of the creepiest things I've ever seen. And it really stuck with me. And then you see once she gets up to him and he kind of looks at her like, whoa, she's on a, I think they called them segways. It's a little two wheel thing uh, that you stand on. I've seen policemen have them in some big crowded places and you move on it. But if you keep your body totally still, what she can do as a pro, it just was the creepiest thing. It was like, she's coming right up on him and I don't know how she's doing it. And then you see that. But anyways, that one really rang a bell with me. And that's one I remember. I do have some audio for that. This is going back to season 21. Audio is not the great because I couldn't find greatest. I couldn't find anything on YouTube, but I had my own, of course. Okay, so first of all, I just want to say thank you for coming back to the Alec that I remember from like the beginning of the competition. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Second of all, thank you for working on the facial expressions. I don't know if you heard me, but I was like, oh, ah, yeah, you did it. You know, there was so much more than just being stoic. Like there was like, you had, ah, like you had passion and aggression. And like, I know that's within you. And I know it's so far hard for you to like necessarily get it out. But what you showed tonight, that was Thank great. you. All right, Bruno, you're next. Alex, the woman in black has done the trick. You were more dynamic. You were more present. I felt you were leading the dance. You were giving me a character. And this yeah. is the way to go. The feet, I couldn't quite see. There was so much. I was trying to. You know what, Bruno? There hasn't been this much smoke in here since Tommy Chong was in I know. You gave some doing. <laughs> so I'm going to overlook. I'm going to overlook the footwork because I don't want to say, but I think you are in the right way. That's the way to do it. You're moving in the right direction. Thank you. Yeah? Absolutely. Great job. Carry on. In my opinion, I believe the hero has returned, and now you are a contender. Because what you were doing before was just kind of, excuse me, half-assing it a little. And this week, you were like, you got mad. Oh, oh, maybe those judges might have been right. Oh, oh, guess what? Oh, 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 oh. You killed it this week. You were in it. You were passionate. You were grounded. You were solid in that hold. It was very well done. Yeah, Alec had had a rough dance the week before, so they were com- that's what they were commenting on about him coming back. And uh, if you haven't seen this one, go look at it. Boy, it, it was a haunting thing for me, and I really, really liked it. Alec and Lindsay's Viennese Waltz from season 21, my number eight. Halloween dance. 
Uh, number seven just happened last season. You know, I had to put this on here because I remember saying it at the time. This is going in my top 10. Uh, Iman Shumpert and Daniela, his partner last year. Don't have any audio for here because most of you would remember that if you have been watching and listening. Uh, unbelievable lifts. You know, Iman was the king of lifts and Daniela would be so strong and small. She could do all of them with him. Um, they it had a creepy song. They had creepy looks throughout the dance. They stared at Len at the end of it. Uh, they did a four-legged crawl, both of them, a couple times. It was really creepy looking. Um, one of the lifts, um, uh, Amon had Daniela by the neck and walked her down the stairs, and it looked like you know a very scary, creepy thing. And obviously, well, he wasn't hurting her or anything, but uh, I just remember watching that, and that was his first 40, and I thought that's when I knew he had a shot to win this thing because the judges are on board with him now, and uh, uh, that was... Uh, Quite a dance. So that's my number seven Halloween dance at all time. Number six, going back to just the year before that, season 29, uh, Johnny Weir and his partner, Britt. This is one I absolutely love too. Another Viennese waltz. Uh, it, it had the things I love. It kind of had both of them. Were, I, th I know Johnny was wearing fangs. It had a lot of fog. And this was one of those theatrical sweeping dances, you know, the sweeping motion throughout it and the clothes they were wearing. And I just thought it was fantastic. I really liked it. I do have the judges' comments here, so let's let them tell you. They can tell you better than I could. Johnny, I am bitterly disappointed because it wasn't bad at all. It was very, very good. I'm telling you, the prince of darkness reawakens and rules the dance floor. It, what, what you did that I really, really like, apart from the fact that you have wonderful, wonderful sweeping motion, it really captured the, the gothic romance feel. It was passionate and it was fluid. It flew and then you had the bite at the same time. With that, we, it's a question of balance, you see, and you balanced it extremely well. Fantastic job. Carrie Ann. Yeah. I agree. You floated through that like a dream. I mean, like you were a rock star. The way you, there was so much um, interpretation of the music, more than I've ever seen. I just felt like you became one with like the bass and the heaviness and the strength and the power and the storytelling. All of it. I, there was one part where I'm not sure what was happening, but it didn't matter. It was like, is that a move? I don't care anymore. It was really beautiful. Well done. Thank you. And by the way, struggle is what makes you stronger and not only in life, but here in the ballroom as well. So thank you for bringing your struggle and being so strong. Talk to Derek. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about the show is redemption. It's having a bad week and coming back and doing what you just did. It was so beautiful. I love the version of that song. It's just like rock and roll and like the costume, the theme, the way you play the character, the dancing. It was like a perfect formula. Did you say formula? Shut up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Sorry, no. Johnny, I, fantastic. Fantastic. There you go. They said it much better than I could have. Uh, I loved Bruno when he said it was like a gothic romance. And uh, it was just one of those that I was watching it, like I said earlier about Trevor's contemporary tonight or at Halloween night, that I wasn't watching the dance so much as I was just watching the story that they were telling. And and you, you, you kind of were spellbound by it a little bit. So uh, if you haven't seen that one, go back and take a look at that. Johnny and Britt's Viennese Waltz from season 29. Uh, I'm going to skip some of the audio coming up here because we are running a little late. And I remember I tried to get this down this year, but I'm so happy to be back talking about the show. I'm running a little long, I think, tonight. 
Uh, Frankie and Whitney, my number five Halloween dance of all time. It was their contemporary from season 25. I'm usually not a big contemporary fan in general, but uh, Iman and and, uh, Daniela obviously was a contemporary. Uh, But this one was kind of creepy. You know, you think of Frankie Munez, the little guy that just all shucks and a sweet guy and everything. And he played a really creepy, psychotic, I guess, uh, what would you call him? Uh, He's spying on uh, on Whitney. And Whitney's the queen of choreography for... uh, Halloween dances. The choreography was just fantastic. He was so out of character as a creep, creepy guy, and the music and the lighting and the set design, it just it captivated me. And again, it was another one of those I was kind of like watching it for the story that they were telling and not worrying about the dancing so much. But uh, judge, oh, what the heck? I'm going to play a little audio. Here's what the judges had to say. Lord, what you think? Uh, that track is my theme song. Every step you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. I'm not, I've got to be honest, I'm not a fan of horror movies. I get scared and then I can't stop thinking of it. I can't help it, that's what I'm like. But I tell you, that was one and a half minutes of horror. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to have nightmares. Well, that's associated. Bruno, you two tonight were truly inspired and back on top of the league. The storytelling... The interpretation, the dramatic tension you maintained all the way through. Is it in my mind? Is it around? I mean, it, it just well, was... it's probably it was, in your mind. It is in my mind. I will stay in my mind for a long time because it was spine-tingling good. I love when I see something that elevates the world of dance. I mean, tonight that wasn't just an incredible routine. You elevated what dance is, the way you interwove the story, but not just storytelling on top of movement. It was totally mesmerizing together. The way you hit her and she just reacted without seeing everything. You guys are like connected by this invisible string of emotion and passion. It was riveting. The Dancing with the Stars Emmy goes to... Wow. All right. Yeah, they, uh, again, can explain it much better than I could, but uh, uh, quite a cool dance, to say the least. And um, that's my number five Halloween dance of all time, Frankie and Whitney's Contemporary Season 25. Um, let's see, number four. We're going to skip the audio here because it's a little long. Uh, number four, though, James Vanderbeek and his partner, Emma, from Season 28. And here we go again, another Viennese waltz. This one was... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I thought this one was so close to the one I mentioned earlier about, uh, who was it? Oh, Johnny and Britt. They were both so great for me. Um, I like this one just a little more, I guess. This one had a little bit more of a creepy vibe to it, I guess. And it had a little more of a story to it. In this story, uh, James was playing some kind of demon or something. He had a wild makeup on his face. And he was trying to take Emma away from Keo, who was out there as a third person. And that was like, you know, he, who Keo came to the dance with. And James was putting a spell on Emma because it was Halloween, you know. And again, the scene was great. There was a lot of fog. It was dark. Cob- candelabras, I love that too. Candelabras were everywhere. And again, they were telling a story of the demon putting a spell on Emma. And then Keo would come back in and take her away for a second. And then... You know, the spell would come back on. And James was just a leading man. Um, 
it was one of those mesmerizing things for me again. I, I, I'm looking at the story and I'm like, what's gonna happen? I'm like, oh, I need to be looking at the dancing too. But the dancing was very good. I think he messed up one spot and they didn't give him tens, but uh, I certainly liked it. So uh, go back and check that one out if you don't remember it. James Vanderbeek and Emma from uh, season 28. Okay, number three all time. This is going back to season 21. And this is uh, Bindi Irwin and her partner, Derek. They did an Argentine tango. And kind of like Frankie a couple dances ago, this thing was so out of character for Bindi because she's just the sweetest, you know, ray of sunshine girl and and just a kid at the time at 17. And she became a vampirist, I guess. And she had fangs and Derek had fangs. And uh, again, a lot of creepy background Uh the candelabras were in this and a lot of fog and cobwebs and, and fangs. And so this was all just stuff I loved. And of course, Argentine tango is my favorite uh, style of dance. And it was fantastic. So let's let the judges tell you what they had to think uh, about uh, Bindi and Derek's Argentine tango from season 21. Oh, don't, go, don't get adorable now. Stay scary. Very <laughs> <Marianne. laughs> the queen of darkness. <laughs> I never in a million years thought that Halloween night would be the night that you shone your brightest. That was exquisitely danced with passion and a whole bunch of sex abuse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so purely on like content and technique and all that stuff, you guys are like on a whole other level together. And then you add this performance that I've never seen from you. You had this like, <laughs> like this thing that just was like unleashed. And it was like, it was so intense that Bruno's still like convulsing. Honestly, that was, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Carrie and I can't believe Halloween was the night, but that was something so strong and deep rooted. the fact that that was an Argentine yeah. tango yeah. masterclass. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's done. It was spellbinding dance magic. Yeah. Thank you so much. There you go. Before you, before you go, yeah. before you go, can I have the scary face one more time? You're going to be a scary face. For real. <laughs> there you go. Had to give... I had to give Tom the scary face one more time. But yeah, I think Bruno mentioned it. He called it a master class in Argentine tango. And that's the greatest of both worlds when you can tell a story and still do the dance correctly and hit all the moves and have all the moves that are supposed to be in an Argentine tango. So uh, it was a good one. And again, I think part of it was that Bindi, it was so out of character for her to be so scary in that, that uh, one of the reasons I loved it. Okay, let's go to number two, and uh, this goes back to season 23 of Viennese Waltz again, and this is uh, James Hinchcliffe and his partner Jenna. Now, that season, James, as James's partner was Sharna, and she got injured that week, so this was a fill-in for Sharna uh, that Jenna had to do, I think kind of late in the week too, so this is an added layer of, you know, how good are they going to be? And this was so cool. If you haven't seen this one, this is another one that goes down in history. I've seen this one on top 10 lists forever when it comes to Halloween dances. Um, the, James played the Joker and Jenna was a Harlequin, I think. And it was a very psychotic kind of... <laughs> 
power between the two of them and there was some ju- uh, some guards in there they had to, to get rid of and they just made the acting side of it off the charts too. It was just the facial expressions and then they still had moves of the Viennese waltz again too. So this one didn't necessarily have the fog or the fangs for me, but it, it was so good in the danceability and in the characters they played and just everything about it. And James was such a good dancer and... You know, he can dance with anybody, I think. He's, he's at the top of my list of people without dance experience and, you know, the greatest of the, the ones that had no dance experience. Bindi would have to be up there, uh, other people too. I'm going to have to do that list someday. But uh, let's see what the judges had to say about uh, James and Jenna's Viennese Waltz. Um, first of all, I know how hard it is to switch partners. I actually had to do that with one of my partners while I had surgery when I was on the show as a dancer. So you built like eight weeks of chemistry and everything, but it just goes to show that you are the real deal because you can dance with any partner and knock it out of the park. You are so amazing. Luna. <laughs> Sigmund Freud would have a ball trying to analyze those two psychotic, thrilling, chilling, evil creatures is just amazing, amazing. And I have to say, in spite of a new set of wheels, you still deliver the ride of a lifetime. Okay. Enough said there. Let's turn that off. (laughs) Enough said there. Yeah, there again. It's so great at explaining why it's so good. But uh, that one will probably be on the list forever. Uh, James and and Jenna, Viennese Waltz, season 23. Okay, let's get to number one. So my number one top 10 Halloween dance of all time is... Going back to season 25, it's Jordan Fisher and his partner, Lindsay. Um, Where do I start on this? Uh, It was a scary backdrop. He played another uh, werewolf and she was Little Red Riding Hood. But one thing I loved about this was that halfway through it, uh, Lindsay isn't the scared Little Red Riding Hood. She's her own (laughs) badass and she's got fangs. And again, from the male and me, she looked so hot in this. If you haven't seen this and you're a guy out there, you should go check it out. She had, and it wasn't that revealing. It was just, she was in white and she had whatever, thigh high stockings on. And she's such a good dancer. And oh boy, they make them up so good. You know, the costume department there at that show. And then Jordan is such a great dancer. He's my top male dancer of all time in the history of the show. And in this routine, he's with other pro men, and that's always a dicey thing to do. Now, for Jordan, not really, because he's so good. And he led them, and side by side, and no no, no difference. Again, I would pull someone off the street. Okay, there's five guys out there. Which one's the celebrity? <laughs> Which one's the non-pro? And I think it would be really, really hard to tell. 
So uh, I just liked everything about it. They both had fangs too, which you know is gonna be a great thing for me. And let's see what the judges had to say about their dance. On television, Bruno, we'll start with you. It was the biggest, baddest puzzle ever. The undisputed leader of the pack. The choreography you manage, Lindsay, is insane. You had the visual impact of Michael Jackson thriller, and yet, you put all the elements of a puzzle double there. The lines, the shaping, the Spanish flavor, the styling. It was insanely good. Thank Absolutely you. superb. All right, wonderful. All that and thanks to Carrie Ann. I'm watching it. I'm actually kind of struggling because it was a different side of you that we saw tonight. I feel like this routine was harder for you than routines in the past. It was aggressive, and you're not normally an aggressive dancer. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I've been going to pants. I mean, uh, like, uh, make me... What? You make me a werewolf and give me a possum. I'm going to try my best to be. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I liked it because everybody, Dancing with Stars is about stretching yourself and trying new things. And that's what I saw tonight was I felt you going a little outside your comfort zone. And I felt, felt you trying an, on a Thank new you. persona. Yeah. And Thank I thought you. it worked. It was really powerful and aggressive. I liked it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah, they uh, obviously loved it. And. I don't know how you couldn't like anything Jordan Fisher did. He was uh, he was something else on the show, to say the least. So that's my top 10 Halloween dances of all time. A lot of fun. Enjoyed doing that. Enjoyed going back and looking at them again and refreshing the memory and uh, reliving some of the good old days of the show, for sure. <laughs> all right, let's finish this thing off here. Let's, uh, let's start off with a... I'm doing pretty good on time, too. Yeah, okay. It's turned out all right. Uh, Got to do a contest question. Now... Um, I've paid off both the contest winners last year. You know, we had a winner from the Hang Zone um, call-in, Dancing with the Stars Minute on the ticket. And then we uh, just took our last winner to uh, the show who won the Ballroom Blitz uh, podcast, this thing, uh, contest last year. So I mentioned early in the year we're bringing one of the uh, the contests we give away on the station since I'm no longer an employee. I'm bringing it over here. So we're going to give away two trips on the the podcast here. So again, if you're just getting into this, each week I ask a question, and it's about the previous week's podcast. So hopefully I'll get you to go back and look it up if you want to get in this contest. You see I see what I'm doing there. I'm trying to get you to listen to my podcast. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyways, um, uh, so uh, we're just going to give you a, a, a question from last week. And if you didn't listen to last week's show or the week before or the week before, you can go along and add them all up. And at the end of the uh, season, you're going to send all your answers to me. And if we only have one or two people get all the answers right, they're going to the show. But if we have more than that, we'll have to do a little tiebreaker thing. But uh, I didn't have that many entrants last year, so you've got a pretty good shot. I would say better than a shot than you had at the radio station because a lot of people call into that. But, uh, yeah, get into it if you'd like to. It's always a blast. If you've never seen the show in person, I'm from everybody I've taken, I don't want to say I'm going to guarantee you're going to have a good time, but unless everybody's lying to me, they've all said they really enjoyed it and it was a fun thing to do and they all want to do it on their own sometime too. So that, that couldn't be uh, better to hear from me that I, they enjoyed it so much they'd like to go back on their own. Okay, last, uh, last week I mentioned um, Lynn Goodman. He, he usually has a couple lines every week that crack me up, sometimes more than that. Like it, they're old lines and he says them, you know, once every few years, like tonight they were booing him or something. And he puts his hand up and he just says, talk to the hand. And it cracks everybody up in the studio audience and Glenn's just a treasure. Anyways, he said a couple things last week that stood out to me. 
And this is going to be a two-part question. So everyone before, I th well, no, I think, I can't remember now all the other questions I've asked, but this one's got two answers tonight. First part of the question is, to one of the contestants last week, when he was given a critique, his first line was, it was a mess. And, you know, Len can be a little harsh and brittle sometimes, but boy, we're in week seven, and uh, sometimes that's a good thing to say, I think, just to let people know you've got you to gotta start shaping up. And I know maybe they can't because if they've never danced or what have you. But anyways, what contestant did he say it was a mess to for the critique of the dance? And then later on that evening, he had another critique, or, and it was a positive one, I guess you'd say. Uh, he saw a dance from someone, one of the contestants, and he said, there was one element of this dance that I don't comment on because I rarely see anybody do it. And, you know, he's an old school master of the craft. And if there's a certain specific dance, he knows all the moves that should be in it. And if you do that and you get those moves right, you please Len. His comment was that this person's dance had a beautiful swing and sway throughout the dance. And I thought it was just kind of a poignant thing for him to say because you could see that he really appreciated someone putting this beautiful swing and sway in that dance style. And, you know, the pro, I'm sure, was responsible for that. But uh, what contestant had that dance that he said it was a beautiful swing and sway? So that's the question for the week. Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> they say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. Tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. Ah, yeah, there's our good old friend, Dandy Don Meredith. And uh, he always sings us out and tells us it's time to go. And then, you know what we do here, too? We always play a little song. Let's turn this up a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, this is a song called The Twilight Zone and or Twilight Tone from a group called the Manhattan Transfer. And they were big back in the 70s when I was listening to music. And I always got a kick out of this song. This was kind of the Manhattan Transfers. They were a quartet, by the way. And uh, this was their little toe dip into the world of disco, I guess you would say. This uh, made it big on the dance charts. I think it got up to number four on the dash charts back then. This thing came out in uh, 1979. Let's listen. Yes, the Twilight Tone. It's got two titles, the Twilight Tone slash Twilight Zone. I've never figured that out, what's going on with that. But again, the Manhattan Transfer here, this is the uh, lead singer, Janice Siegel, or Seigel, and uh, they did everything. They did uh, swing music, standards, pop, jazz, R&B, acapella, you know, they did it all. And like I said, this was kind of their four-way into disco, and that was a big, big popular song in the discos of the day. Okay, next week, week eight of Dancing with the Stars, season 31. Can you believe it? We're getting to the, the end already. The bittersweet feelings are going to start. 
They haven't yet, but next week I'll probably be feeling them. But uh, next week is going to be 90s night, and they're going to have Vanilla Ice there, one of the former contestants on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, they're going to have Salt and Peppa. They're going to have En Vogue. They're going to have Kid and Play. Uh, boy, if you're a kid in the 90s and you liked what they did back then in the 90s, I think you'll get a big kick out of the show. 90s are a little past my prime. I certainly know of all those groups, and I'm sure I'll get a big kick out of it with the costumes and, and formal wear and all the stuff they come up for for 90s night. But that's next week. So uh, we'll be back to talk to you then. want to thank uh, TC, of course, for getting this, guy's, uh, this thing out to you. I'm still doing it in my home, but he's taking it and doing his magic and getting it out to you. And I want to thank you guys, of course, for listening and fighting through this uh, sickness with me. Hopefully we're on the men. So until next week, season eight, quarterfinals of the NC with the Stars, this is Tony the Engineer. Bye-bye.